0: And we're here on a Wednesday night for a Longhorn live stream. I love that music. Anybody else kind of dig that intro music? I do. I've been dancing to it lately. Every time I I get uh, little bounce. like we're going
1: through a portal. Just not the (laughs) transfer portal because I'm not trying to leave. No, there you go.
0: You better not leave, man. We need you and uh, Rod to have some information here. I'm also kind of stretching a little bit out the beginning because I'm a user just like everybody else, a watcher. And sometimes I log in live. And my YouTube commercials are covering up the first 10, 15 seconds of the oh. show. And so I missed the conversation. So I'm putting some blabber at the start so we don't lose anything important. Right, Rod? I uh, appreciate it, right? You're good, you. You're good. You're let good, let you. me introduce myself. My name's Ray Peters. And uh, I was here last week for the first time. And I'll give you a little bit more background on me in a little bit. But let's go to two guys you do know very well lifetime longhorn rod babers uh, excellent uh, defensive back last week we found out he even uh played some nickel back and gained about 25 pounds to do so as a freshman and then uh got back to that 4-3 speed that got him in the in the league and justin wells the east texas charmer there he is he's got his rangers hat on rangers been playing pretty well here lately let's see if he has his game on tonight as well um that's talk recruiting and uh, we lost today,
1: but you're right. We took the last series. We won last night. The Blue Jays for the wild card. I still predicted the Astros in May on the OTF. I predicted the Astros and Joe Cook, our trusty managing editor inside Texas, picked the Texas Rangers. And if somebody wants to have any questions with Joe, you should tweet at him. You should email him. (laughs) and, And if no one believes me, Matthew can bring up the tape.
0: Got the receipts, like, baby. Got the receipts. receipts. I'm got the receipts. Boy, I bring hey, receipts. Receipts are a big word in college football these days, aren't they? So yes, people sir. Are collecting receipts and they're going to look back at them here at the end of the year. But no doubt. again, my name's Ray, and I'm a University of Texas graduate. Uh, got a journalism degree back in the day. Became a sports caster out in West Texas. I'm from East Texas. I'm from Tyler, in fact, where uh, Mr. Wells hangs out with his dog, uh, Rubble. Rubble, <laughs> Do you see the dog? Is that okay? Is he in the room?
1: He's laying beside me, but he's not ready in yet.
0: yet. He'll make he it. And a- I, he'll make and a- I worked the in the Waco TV market for a long time, so I covered a lot of Baylor, a lot of AM, and then a lot of Longhorns. So we got to start Southwest Conference and Big 12 back in the day. So I've been around this stuff for a long time, took a break from it, but I'm back having some fun now with, with these guys. We're going to talk a lot about the Longhorn football tonight and some recruiting. And so, Justin, obviously you're a recruiting expert. We have some news today, some people that are going to be coming in for the Wyoming game, but we've also had some folks in the chat asking about a certain linebacker who's one of the best prospects in the state, Justin Williams. Let's clear that up for the folks because we don't want people in the chat giving folks some ideas that things might be brewing there when they're not necessarily brewing, correct?
1: Yes, sir. Uh, just yeah, the other night on our recruiting breakdown with uh, Jerry Hamilton – and uh, myself, we he had someone had asked about the linebacker takes in this cycle. And, you know, Texas took five last year. And granted, Jelani McDonald's going to be a, 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 in my opinion, he's going to be a DB, probably a nickel or safety, but he's still qualified as a linebacker. That's what that was the qualification. So they, they weren't going to take any guys in this cycle unless they were real dudes, you know, just no brainers. Justin Williams is in that category. This dude is is, is a lot like Harold Perkins was last year, one of the top linebackers in the Houston area out of Conroe Oak Ridge. He's committed to Georgia. Um, Texas would take him in a heartbeat, but I don't know of any contact. Now, that doesn't mean there hasn't been, but I don't know of any contact there. Also, Ty Anthony Smith, a Texas Texas A&M commit out of Jasper. He's another guy that I think is a a numbers buster. If, If Texas wanted to take a linebacker in the cycle and they could flip that guy, and let me assure you, Texas is going to flip some people in this cycle. That's another guy that I think that would take. And I think that opportunity could present itself down the road. You know, it's been 72 hours post Alabama. So you have to kind of let stuff cook at the end of the day. It's not I don't see any other linebackers being taken in this cycle unless it's those two or a late a uh, senior of eval because at this time last year, most Texas fans didn't know about a Jelani McDonald out of Waco Conley. They didn't know about a Warren Roberson out of Red Oak. So there's always potential for one to pop in, but at the end of the day, and uh, Justin Williams would be the, the the biggest numbers buster. And I don't think he's going anywhere else other than Georgia at this time.
0: Okay. And we're going to talk with uh, Rod about the, the Wyoming game here in just a bit, but let's just stick on recruiting for a moment because I know on the inside Texas message board, we had some uh, good updates regarding a couple of prospects uh who aren't necessarily committed to the horns yet, uh even actually committed elsewhere. And these are 25s, correct? 20, 2020, 2024.
1: One's in 2024, Miles Davis okay. out of Converse Jetson and commit. And then 2025 wide receiver DeCorean Moore out of Duncanville, number one, number two receiver in the nation for his class.
0: He's an LSU guy as well. Chronologically, what's what's the Miles Davis story?
1: With Miles Davis, you know, he – Texas, I felt like, got into that recruitment a little late because, you know, Converse Judson College Station, there's, a, there's already – it's not – I wouldn't necessarily say a pipeline, but there's there's a very good connection there. DeMarvin the Leal was one of the last guys through there, and so they've been on Miles Davis the longest. They've built the relationship the longest. It's kind of serious. It's the same thing with Terry Bussey out of Timpson. AM just kind of built the relationship longer. And so with Miles Davis, Texas was always number two. They were runner-ups to AM in, the, in his commitment. I believe he announced it in June, late June, early July, something like that. Texas kept talking to Miles Davis. They love him. This is a kid that's 6'1", 6'2", two, uh, 205 pounds. I watched him at the state track meet last year. This dude can move. And so they're not going to stop recruiting guys. That's something Steve Sarkeesian and his staff have proven over the last two and a half, almost three years. When they get a big board, they don't really divert from it, no matter what. They get who they really love and want. They don't necessarily settle. And so I think in that regard, Miles Davis, they're going to continue to push for him as long and also Fort Ben Marshall uh, safety, uh, Joshua Lair, who's announcing on September 24th, who's, who's going to I think, he's see him in Washington pretty soon. Uh, but Miles Davis is a guy that said he's probably going to be visiting the Texas Tech game. That's big. That's really big, but that to me, that's also Texas just continuing the relationship. That's Texas building off this post-Bama win. And Miles Davis may have watched a game played in Hard Rock Stadium last <laughs> week. I know I checked out a lot of it before the Texas-Alabama game, and so yeah, the, the the I gotta say that some of those A&M guys may be looking around a little bit more down the road.
0: Sure, DeCorian Moore,
1: Decorian Moore. Good lord, DeCorian Moore is everything. Big, fast, strong. Um, This is a kid that excels at wide receiver in a run-heavy offense at Duncanville. But I can tell you for a fact, he is one of the top players on the big board for Texas overall in 2025. They are putting all their, you know, they're pushing all their chips in for this kid. This kid is a difference maker, top to bottom. LSU commit. Funny thing, he committed right after Colin Simmons. His teammate at Duncanville committed to Texas. Felt like LSU had to make up for losing that one. So they had a super push in for a kid that I don't believe was ready to commit to begin with. And so at the end of the day, I know LSU is always going to be in it. Obviously, he's still pledged to the Tigers, but at, I think Texas is 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 makes too much sense. There's too many connections. There's too many teammates at Duncanville that are going to Austin that are in Austin. He's got two on his team right now, and Alex January and Colin Simmons. You know, th- there, there's so many things there that I think work in their advantage. And plus the DFW kids in the last few cycles and the current one, they seem to be recruiting each other. High school right. football's been really good in Dallas, Fort Worth, and outside those 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 schools like Alito and places like that, mm-hmm. it's been really good. And DeSoto. I think the Colin Simmons, DeSoto's, and Anthony Hills and the Malik Muhammad's. These are all friends that grew up together. Jonte Cook grew up playing ball with Ron Holland. Like they all know each other. And I think they help recruit as much as anything. DK Moore being in this weekend for Texas Wyoming is, is pretty big.
0: That's really nice. Hey, Matthew, let's yeah, thank you so much for Mr. Campbell. Being, uh, Man, that ahead. dude knows. Look at that. Hey, My that's, that's for you, Justin Legos. Wow. That kind of makes tonight worth this while there for you, Justin. What do you think of that? No doubt. Amen. Wow. Thank can you, Mr. Read, it says there, I can put on my glasses. My son's gonna here, have to so earn it though. I'm not gonna give it to, to see? him. I'm so not gonna that- give it to him. He's gotta
1: earn it, but he'll get it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who are you gonna come go on the road and, and uh, check out here in the coming weeks?
1: Uh I kind of do that week to week. This week I'm gonna be t- actually tomorrow night, you know, Thursday night football is kind of normal thing now in high school football with, with so much mm-hmm. going on in, in the in the stadium use. I'll be at McKinney. I'm gonna go watch uh Lancaster play McKinney North. Um, Lancaster has a safety named Corian Gibson, who's committed to Clemson right now, but I have a feeling Texas and Corian have been in touch mm. and Texas was the runner up in that, in that recruitment. This is a six foot 175, 180 pound, uh, defensive back out of Lancaster. Great athlete. You, you see him on a track. For the, I've seen him at the state or, or the, uh, the Texas track meets for years. This kid is a burner. He tracks, he smacks. Uh, and I know that Texas is still very interested. Like I told you earlier, they stay with that big board. So at the end of the day, I'm going to go see them.
0: Yeah, well, good. Thank you. And I appreciate uh, the super chats. And uh, we, we love those. It uh, really helps uh, us. We uh, got to let uh, Rod talk.
1: Uh, I have talked way I'm too much. I'm going to. Oh, no. Hey, hey. I, hey. Listen, Rod has more notes than anybody in their brother. And I need I, we're going I to talk about a lot lot of notes. Home.
0: I do We're God, going I from know. the Jimmies and the Joes to the X's and the O's. Okay? No, no, no. I just I, I'm learning a lot from Justin. I always do. Yeah, no. So uh, let's uh, let's check out this question for you. How would you defend our receivers in your prime? That's good. you have shut them down? Of course. But let's hear how you do it. Wow,
2: that is uh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, with with X men X Man's acceleration and deceleration is so elite, I really don't want cushion. I want to be right up on him. I really do. I want to be, his, and I want to get my hands on him. I want to be able to reroute X-Men at the line of scrimmage. I figure once, once X-Men, if I'm playing off on X-Men, I, man, I figure that's going to be a much, much tougher task of covering him. You want to reroute him. He is slight, but he's fast. All right, he's fast, but he's slight. And he's one of those guys Very that's just as quick, he is quick as he is fast. So like I said, I don't want to have to deal with him getting in and out of breaks that I want to, I want to bother him. All right. I want to make him uncomfortable, get my hands on him. So honestly, I'd be trying to, to, to hug the line of scrimmage with him. I'd be trying to play some press and I would try to get as close as I can to him as much as I can. I don't want to give him any, any freedom because that's when he's uncomfortable and he's got a, Bump with guys, and he's got good play strength, but when he's got to bump with guys all down the field, he doesn't like that. Um, He's even kind of talked about that. That's one of the things he's working on, right? Contested catches. That was one of the things he's worked on in the offseason because you can make X-Man uncomfortable. That's what I'd be trying to do uh, with X-Man. But like I said, these are all – everybody's got a plan so they get punched in the mouth. Right. And you can easily get punched in the mouth. <laughs> what <laughs> about got- a kid who's about four
0: inches taller, just as fast, maybe not as precise in his route running? I'm talking about jersey number five, Mr. Mitchell.
2: Uh, Ad Mitchell, not yeah. Ad Mitchell. I listen. Usually, you prefer big guy. I prefer big guys because they were a bigger target to get my hands on, Um, and they usually weren't fast. Ad Mitchell. Problem with him is he actually is a big man that can run. All right. He actually has got some wheels. So that's the concern with Ad Mitchell. I would probably because of his you know his body control. Uh, and he's got great body control. And that you saw that on that catch on the sideline, we was able to go up over Kool Aid McKinstry. Um, my thing with uh with AD Mitchell is I, I I try to basically use the sideline as much as I could as my extra man, playing that nickel. And by the way, playing the nickel against any of these guys is going to be hell. Uh but playing <laughs> the two way go, having a two way go, man, it's just I played that nickel, two way goes, it's the toughest thing. In in football to defend, mm. that's basically what Sark did to young Caleb Downs on that play where he right. engineered and manufactured the one on one with X Man for the first deep uh-huh. touchdown.
0: Is that the one where he had to make the choice on Jonte? Uh,
2: that yeah, base yeah no well yes that, that the, basically that's the one the, the backside safety took Jonte Cook's yeah. uh, route which was a deep end and then it was left one on one. Caleb,
0: oh, okay yeah Caleb downs it was, uh, with on Downs. okay and right.
2: that yes that that was that's a re- recipe for disaster um uh, but he had a two-way go there was no leverage being used really by Caleb Downs and that's a nightmare essentially that's what you're dealing with in the slot especially when those guys are off the line of scrimmage so uh it, it's, it's gonna be a tough task either way you're dealing with guys who are gonna be drafted into the NFL uh but man honestly with rod b I like to I like to get my hands on guys I like to pay press I want to get all up in their grill. I hated cushion. I hated playing off of guys. To me, that was a that was the worst case scenario for me.
0: Did you just go third person, Rod B?
2: Did I? I might have. When I'm talking about yeah. myself, when I played, sometimes yeah. I do that because I'm so I, I'm so. <laughs> I'm you just so remember number twenty one, Rod B. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: can- <laughs> not in the same person anymore, huh?
2: I'm not the same person. I'm not Not related to Cardi B. Yeah, yeah. That was my alter ego back then, man. That was the alter ego plan back then. He was a, that guy was a, he was a trash talking, smack talking, you know what I mean? Like kind of the Rick, he was a Ric Flair kind of personality out there, man.
0: There you go. I I promise everybody we're going to get to Wyoming talk here in just a minute, but we have Justin Yarbrough. He's not related to you, Justin, I guess that's not how names work. Not the first names. It's not the first name is how you tell somebody's related, right? Justin and Justin but this guy gave us 999. So that's pretty sweet. Parker Livingstone's injury. What do we know about him? It was he in a boot a couple weeks ago. And, uh, Rod, who's your favorite DB recruit in the current class? I know you've done some film study and looked at some mm. things. So Justin, I'll let you start and see if you've heard anything about the tall receiver from Lovejoy.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll be quick. Cause I actually saw this question earlier and I want to hear, I, I want to hear Rod's take on his, um, Parker Livingstone, if it was reported, is in a boot. Yes, uh, everything beyond that, I'm not going to say much. It's undisclosed. Um, okay, timetable undisclosed, unknown. Uh, Parker and his family, you know, it, it it's tough. The kid is a, a budding star, and sure. that in, that injury, that that one, that one hurt. That one hurt. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't want to go and uh, tell J- Justin. I man, biggest thanks, and, and I hope Rod gives you more. And, and so it gives you more bang for your buck. But uh, to, to out of respect for the Livingstones and Parker, uh, at this stage, I'm just going to say undisclosed.
0: We respect that. Thank you, Justin. Rod, mm-hmm. who's your favorite DB commit?
2: Um, That's interesting because I know there's some they're still working on, right, Justin? I know there's some that I watched that they're still working on. Um, yes. I let me you know them i off because I don't follow recruiting as much. But I I worked with Jerry on Talking Ball and we watched a film of uh, Santana Wilson. He's Adrian's son. Page. Yes. Uh I watched film of him. Uh, really, I really liked his game. Um, thought he's a guy that can play multiple positions in the secondary for you too. Um, I thought he was that kind of player. Uh, I believe this Aaron Hampton is another guy.
1: He's an athlete out of danger field, could be a Ask. receiver, could be a DB. We're hey, thinking Rod, DB. I'm
0: sorry, and I even limited the question. It's not necessarily a commit, it's a recruit. So you could if you Oh, want to yeah. yeah. To oh, Kobe Black, You could add you black or you what are those kids too. Nice. I apologize. My okay, no, no, Ward
2: no, I, I might it's it's probably easily Kobe Black, honestly.
1: Um six two two hundred pounds as of today. He's
2: six two two hundred.
1: I, I've wow. seen him three times in the last four weeks. He's yep. uh, playing safety for, for Conley and doing really well at it. And he's up to 6'2", 200 pounds.
2: Um, man, he's so smooth. Like, he's uh, he's a very smooth athlete. I love him at the corner position because uh, he even, you know, like I said, he's playing safety now. So is he projected to be a safety or a corner? I thought I saw him playing No, he's a corner. In high
1: school, you have to put your best guy yeah. at safety. Whereas no in college, you got to put your best guy at corner. Because in my opinion, once you get to college, you're a corner until you're a safety. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, I'm putting everyone there until I can figure out if you can flip hips and do it or not. And if you can't, I'm pulling you out and I'm putting you about eight yards yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and so Kobe is just that versatile. And I've noticed this with Blake, with Blake Gideon and, and, and Terry Joseph and, and Coach PK's style. They want the versatile guys. They want guys that could potentially play the nickel. They Mm -hmm. want a guy that could potentially play some safety. Ajade Barron came in as a corner. He's going to the league as a star. And yeah. so I think that's kind of where you see with Kobe. He's just versatile. And he's from a versatile family, Rod. I mean, his dad played at Kansas State under under uh, Bill Schneider. He was roommates with Michael Bishop, one of the strongest arms quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. No doubt. Um, his oldest brother played Juco basketball. His middle brother, Corey Black, is a starting cornerback at, at Oklahoma State right now. He's a dude. DNA, um, baby. Kobe's kind of the culmination of all those guys. Yes. And so that's that's why I, – I, but he's going to the corner. They've even pinpointed him in the Ryan Watts spot. That's the sell. Listen, Watts is going to be in the league next year. We need a guy to slide in there as an impact. That's yeah. the sell. And Kobe and those guys, so far, they're doing a tremendous job in that recruitment.
2: Yeah, and they, and they definitely want guys that can play that boundary and that field corner, and he's one of those guys too. I mean, yeah. I, just, I just love this game. It's a mature game for a young cornerback, usually young cornerback's you don't see their game that mature it makes sense now you're talking about all the the influence uh in his life he seems like an old soul out there but man not a lot of wasted movement uh with him at cornerback not a lot of wasted movement love that he actually tries to redirect rod receivers you see a lot of guys they come up and press and they don't actually press <laughs> they come up and bump and run but they don't actually bump they just like to run with guys uh he actually has a repertoire of uh, different moves and uh, different techniques that he tries at the line of scrimmage, kind of love watching his game and watching his film. So he's definitely my favorite. Uh, I'm sure he's a lot of people's favorite too. Mm-hmm. All it takes mm-hmm. is two minutes of watching his film.
1: Also, understand about Kobe. He's a ba- uh, all district basketball player, and I asked him. I've seen him play four or five times on, on the hardwood. I asked him. <laughs> this is a guy that's close with Jelani McDonald and Trey Weisner, the two freshmen that came in, because they went, all went to high school together. I asked Kobe, you know, what's your thing in basketball? Why do you why do you play? He goes, guarding on-ball pressure defense teaches me how to be a better corner. It helps yeah. me with the, the dexterity of my feet and my ankle movement when I turn, when my body's base, when I keep my... He was so technical about playing defense about basketball and how it benefited him in football. Tank.
0: Yep, technician. Yeah. Speaking of Connolly High School, where McDonald came from the prior year, who also played offense, and so in Black's playing a lot of offense, and so all all the highlights, too, are of him scampering 80 yards for a touchdown and just making people look like fools trying to tackle him. So he's got good ball skills and everything. So, yeah, he's a a great ball player. He's a stud. I don't know. Matthew, do you have Hmm. – So here we go. Yeah, we need to move to uh, some Wyoming here because – I've checked out some of the highlights, notably the the Tech game, which was an interesting game because Texas Tech jumped out 17-0 in the first quarter and then ended up actually falling behind. And they're the ones who had to kick the last-second field goal to put it in overtime. So uh, I don't know if the 7,200-foot elevation affected the Red Raiders, but uh, something (laughs) did because um, Wyoming went on to have the better second half for sure. So I may have caught a little
1: of coach talk too much.
0: It's a there disease. There you go. That, that can happen. Show me the money. Uh, Rod, your initial impressions of uh, Wyoming Cowboys? Um. Well, um.
2: Watching the Cowboys offense, I I thought it was a multiple offense. I mean, they'll line up in twelve personnel, eleven. They'll spread you out. Love. They love three by one sets, trips. With a nub tight end on the other side. Uh, you'll see them spread you out though and with bunch formation, stacked twins on either side, too. So it's a multiple offense. I I think they would like to to run the ball, uh, but that quarterback really is their honest Andrew Peasley is his name. He's mm-hmm. one of the primary uh really got th- threats in the run game, the quarterback run game with them, whether it be with him as a scrambling threat, whether it be in the zone read. Uh I I like his game, it's not very efficient. But he makes plays <laughs> all right in crucial moments. He does. He just finds a way to make it ain't, it ain't even always proficient or technically <laughs> uh, sound, but he finds ways to make plays and he did that against tech, he just kept making plays. Uh, and time I'm sure up. a lot of them are
0: design runs, or he just pulls it down and goes, but he it, runs a lot. He
2: runs Paul, a lot. Some of his design runs, but some of it's just him free improvising, right? Justin? Yeah.
1: Paul Waddlington said it best, he's tougher than he is good. Yes,
2: it's grit. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of grit being displayed out there. I told you, but it makes you a fan of it. When you
1: watch him. you go, Yes, right. like that's it. the style no, college. Yeah. Look at yeah. South what, Central Florida. Look at a lot of what, those schools.
0: What I saw in the Tech game was hero ball. And we've seen that on the Texas campus. We, he's it's he's not, not as polished yeah. as Sam was, but Ellinger would take over games. And so this kid's got kind of that same heart kind of a concept. You know, The, the guy who says, just let me hold on to it and I'll, I'll win the game for you. He looked to me a little bit like a smaller Drew Locke, too, a little bit, but not as good a passer as Locke was in college. He's not going to get drafted in the second round. But, yeah, but hero ball was kind of – that's what you're going to see from Wyoming. And, you know, it's, that can get you some places, but when you're playing a team with superior talent like he's going to face Saturday night, you just – you know, he's going to get hit. So if yeah. he's got kind of a bum shoulder and we've heard he's had an ice on the shoulder for the last few days, then uh, that might be a, a rough go for him. But yeah, he's a tough kid.
2: That, sure. that would make sense. Cause he, he was, he was taking some shots and you know, he's, he's- Plays pretty pretty reckless, uh, just because he throws his body around, uh, which makes you respect him more. Talking about that grit factor, but the Texas defense was able to pressure what Alabama twenty five times, <laughs> uh, get five sacks, probably missed another three sacks. Uh, but it was a good test having Jalen Milrow run around. He played a little hero ball and yeah. uh, and, and end yeah. up making some plays actually against Texas. Same thing with this kid. I mean, he that was a good test against Jalen Mirror, him, you know, running around. Right. You have to be disciplined in your pass rush lanes. Sometimes he'll require a spy. Um, you know, they'll have the zone read. They'll probably won more quarterback design runs than Bama did. Bama only ran three quarterback design runs. If that young really, guy plays, yeah, isn't that crazy? It's hmm. freak. I, I trust me, I didn't get it either. Ooh. Uh <laughs> That's bad game planning. But, uh, yeah, beginning, uh, beginning to the initial question, which was how are they going to game plan against Texas offense, they believe uh, – Wyoming believes their strength on defense is in the front seven. Uh, Craig Bolden and the coaches have talked about it. Uh, they have Devon Harris and Br- Braden Siders are their defensive ends, and uh, their coaches talked about how they have veteran defensive ends. They have a nose tackle, Cole Godbalt. Who's supposed to be pretty good too? He's supposed to be a beast. They the coaches love him. They, they talk about him every time they get a chance. Uh, the Easton Gibbs is supposed to be the Mountain West preseason defensive player of the year. He's the middle linebacker, and they also got another defensive tackle, who's a pretty good player, Jordan Bertagnol. I believe is his name. I might be mispronouncing that, but they believe that's their strength. So, what the interesting question is going to be because their secondary is a work in progress. The coaches have said that publicly. the The question will be Sark because Sark knows now the identity of the offense, and we all know it too. Is the passing game that's where all your weapons are you know that's you build your identity around your strengths but the kim kardashian Nicki minaj serena Williams size cardi b size making the salient size but is that <laughs> has been disappointed in the running game and he has said he said in the, after the rice game he didn't like the fact that they were unable to impose their will on rice without a strategic tactical schematic advantage and against alabama he admitted on monday like we talked about, he didn't think they were going to run the ball consistently versus Alabama anyway. That's why he threw the ball, you know, close to 70% on first down. He was like, no, that'll be an extension of the running game. So now, against guess Wyoming, does Sark feel like he has an obligation to infuse confidence and to uh, provide some consistency in the running game? Or is he going to attack their weakness with your strength? Their secondary versus your passing game, and then just throw haymakers on them all day long, and then have Arch Manning in the game by the fourth quarter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, Rod, do you uh, do you recognize that D line coach up in Wyoming?
2: Ain't that wild? I didn't know that, <laughs> I didn't know that, bro.
0: You did, Oscar Giles, I I I yeah, just uh, found
1: just it out him, like is yesterday, yeah, wow. big O, he's up there. Uh, you know, I, I. We've, we've stayed in touch since he left Texas.
2: He's a good dude. I like Big O. He is, man. He's, is, big
1: man. Big he's big he'll big. You send him a prospect. He'll watch the huddle. He'll give it some time. You know, he goes and he develops. You know, he's a kind of a real guy. Mm-hmm. And he was a Texas ex. He lived it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And no, so he big knows. O is, is holding. And you were talking about the D-line, and I'm thinking, that's Giles Ball. <laughs> you know who Oscar Giles is.
2: That's a great point. Still representing, man. You still representing. That's going to be fun to see about that. That's cool.
0: So you talked about that front seven and and, uh, Coach Bull has discussed uh, his goal is to be disruptive on defense and to kind Mm -hmm. of mess up the quarterback's game. Clearly they're not going to have the the physical talent of the Alabama defenders and they're not going to have the size and talent of the the Texas uh, kids who are going to be blocking them. But so what can a smaller front seven like that due to, to be disruptive? I mean, because we want to make sure that our, our kid Quinn Ewers uh, survives okay.
2: Oh, yeah. They're watching that Rice film, and they're going, guys, we can do that. We can mm-hmm. do that. They, they can't watch the Bama film and go, we can do that, because they can't right. do what Bama can do. <laughs> but they're watching Rice going, guys, Rice had a hell of a game plan, and we all know. we all re- Don't we all respect Rice now more than we did? Sure, sure. The they beat of age. We're all like, man, that was a... That you was know how long world. it's
1: been since they beat Houston?
2: exactly that's h-town i'm from h-town i'm funny trust me i used to work out at rice i'm i i live close to u of h and third close to third ward dude that is wild. that would be wild you rice beating u of h west u beating third ward that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway but anyway i i do i i do think that they're going to try to take some of those things that rice was successful in, in, in exploiting and exposing against Texas and try to use those again. But we saw Texas like a different offensive line from week one to week two. The thing we were most paranoid about going into that game, all of us, was, man, Texas online going up against Bama in Tuscaloosa after mm-hmm. having some shaky play versus Rice. I don't know how that's going to play out. and. The, the biggest reason, other than Quinn Ewers and the game plan for them winning that game, was the O-line's dominance. They allowed right. less than three pressure, zero sacks against Alabama. Nobody's done that since, like, 2014. So they were great, and I assume they're going to pick out right where they left off. I assume they won't have trouble. But that Rice game plan, if I'm the defensive coordinator, I'm a, I might take it step for step. I might just boom. Sure. If might go exactly a- play my play.
0: Hey, Justin, you probably know a Devin DJ Campbell fairly well. Yes. I'm not sure how well you got to know yeah, him during absolutely. the process. I've heard many times you guys talk about his natural aggression, his attitude. Uh, clearly he had a entirely, uh, he turned it around. I'm not going to say it or, you know, you, you heard some criticism after the, the Rice game. You, you weren't hearing that. In fact, you were seeing uh, viral TikTok videos of him just destroying people at Bama. <laughs> so you probably expected uh, DJ to rebound like that, correct?
1: You know, DJ took some lumps week one, and he'll be the first one to tell you they were deserved. But it was, he'll also, but the, his teammates will tell you, no, it's all us. Mm-hmm. That center and that quarterback were made, made sure to tell him, no, 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 it's all of us. And I think that confidence helped him the next week. He was dinged up after that game, and Cole Hudson came in. And Cole Hudson had nine more snaps. I think he outsnapped him 45 to, to, to 34 or uh, 30, 36 in the game. Cole Hudson had more snaps. There's nothing like competition to bring out the best. Hmm. There's nothing like being in Tuscaloosa in front of 100,000 people singing Sweet Home Alabama to bring out that, 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 that juice. Listen, I've covered Devin for years. I'm, I'm in love with the, the basketball players that translate in football. Devin Campbell hmm. was a hell of a post. left-handed, great feet, great feet, great ball face. good body control. And then you see him in football, and i got to tell you, he played right tackle at Arlington Bowie. And and those coaches over there, Bowie, doing a tremendous job. Coach Sam deserves a ton of credit. They do a great job. When he played the defensive line, that's when you saw D.J. come out. He was Devon Campbell at right
0: tackle. He
1: was D.J. And all he heard in his mind was, I'm D.J., go D.J. And the uh, dude was just, he's, I've tried to tell people this for the last six months. He's the most aggressive, tough, I wouldn't say he's the most, just, he's just a violent disposition type guy when he's on the football field. No. All those offensive linemen have to have some sort of, right. you know, streak to them. Nasty. Shit. Devon wakes up with it. <laughs> and if you get that harness, you get him working on his combo blocks, you get him in the right position. I don't like 343. I really prefer 325.
0: Mm, but you we're get, him, few, get him yeah. ready
1: because Cole Hudson, let me tell you, I think Cole Hudson's going to get more snaps there again and also could see Cole Hudson get some snaps at left guard on Saturday mm-hmm. night. That's to be determined.
0: There were shots and of Cole. DJ's played so well. Fans. I
1: think you're, yeah. you could see Cole doing some of that over there as well. That's a tribute mm-hmm. to DJ Campbell. That video session was rough. But when those guys came to him and told him, look, that's not you. That's us. Mm-hmm. I really think that changed his, his mindset a yeah, little bit. That's good to and it hear. It helped him kind of – because, listen, he's mean. He's yeah. just meaner <laughs> than dog spit. It's just the uh-huh. way he is. <laughs> on the football
2: field. Needed, baby. And Casey Stutter would be proud. Casey, Casey Stutter go. always used to tell me, he's like, no, nah, man, them guys ain't nasty enough. They ain't mean yeah. enough. Yeah, he's like, there you got to right. want to fight somebody out there on the line. There you go. He like, DJ Kevin wants to fight somebody.
0: Let me remind everybody we're uh, on the Inside Texas on Texas football Longhorn live stream with Justin Wells, the recruiting expert and general Longhorn football expert. He's got all the scoops and Rod Babers, lifetime Longhorn, former DB, and uh, of course, has been an Austin media professional for many years now and doing a great job there. And of course, he's a well-known in the uh, Austin market and throughout the state because of his Longhorn coverage and expertise. And my name is ray peters i'm a veteran journalist really veteran i'm not going to tell you how, how a veteran but i've uh, been around for a long time i uh, covered uh, high school football and college football in the state of texas uh, back in the day I've got down to the uh, real world for a, a while and uh, kind of stepped away from that and now i'm just doing this for fun so we're having uh, a fun time talking about uh, our beloved texas longhorns so i'm uh, happy to be talking about my alma mater let's uh, move forward and check out this uh, Question or comment that was uh, put forward by our producer, Matthew, from uh, Russell. And, uh, Rod, this is for you. And he's. Uh, this is the big question. This is the mm-hmm. pending question, the most important question. How do we handle success? Do we stay focused? The big uh, criticism of Texas over the years, you have a little bit of success, you get the big head, and then suddenly that you're not okay. successful anymore. And then people mock you, which we're all used to and sick of. Uh what's the message? How does SART get this message across to the team?
2: That's a great question, Russell. We appreciate it too. Um, I, I think first of all, it starts with the leadership on the team. I love the tweet uh put out by Jalen Ford uh yes. two days ago, right? Yes, uh okay, I've seen enough. It's all rat poison now with the rat emoji. He understands that's a, that's a leader on your team. So that's the that's the message from the leadership, right? There is guys that's just one step. That's just one step in the process. That's just one step on our journey. We got a long way to go. There's a long road ahead of us. If uh, We want to achieve our goals. And that I think it's, the leaders have to echo that message, right? They have to relay that message to everybody on the team. Sark, I guarantee you, Sark and the coaches are doing it. But to me, it's got to be about the players because they're the ones who are on this mission together. They got to understand because they're the ones who are out celebrating. They're the ones who are being... Oh man, told on social media how great they are, how Texas is going to be in the college football playoff. It's already a done deal. Man, they only, at worst, they're going to have one loss. Maybe. <laughs> they might go undefeated, man, honestly. Yeah. Oh, oh, Craig Bowles, the Wyoming coach, said, <laughs> they're, they're in 35 years. Yep, they're better than the 05 team. They're better. So already mm-hmm. move on, national title. They got it. There's a lot of that. And you know what? It's great. They deserve it. They deserve it for what they did in Tuscaloosa. But how do you handle success? I think the leadership is a big part of it, but here's the other thing. And I hope, and I, I think this is actually the mindset of this team. Cause they do seem like they're, they got a different DNA, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I recognize a lot of high, high football character with this team. If, if you are a, an athlete like my, like myself, like, like I was, you're so focused on the process constantly, right? You're focused on pressure of practice or the preparation, your film study you know, lifting weights, you know, taking care of your body. You're always focused on that process so you can get the end result, the desired result that you want. You don't really focus on the outcome as much because the process is so important. And, you know, if I don't get the process down, the outcome is just not going to be what I want. I'm not going to get that. The Alabama game was the desired result, right? That's the outcome they wanted. And you could argue that's the toughest place to win in America. And mm-hmm. they went there and done it and they, they did it emphatically. You would think that now the, 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 the thought process for these guys would be, okay, so we we did everything the coaches told us to do, and we perfected the process as much as we could, and we got the desired result. Well, what happens if we double down on that process? What happens if we work harder? What happens if we commit ourselves more to it? What happens if we sacrifice even more for the cause? Will we get even better results? And that's what I, I hope that connection is. That's not, I hope they're making that connection. That no, no everything that you've done up until this point has worked. It, you got it confirmed. Confirmation of it. You beat Alabama and yeah. Tuscaloosa, right? There's not a lot of teams in the history of college football can do that, beat a Nick saving coach team in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Now you got confirmation that the coaching works, the, the scheme works, the, all the hard work, the strength and conditioning.
1: So the development you, is a is, is yeah. appearing.
2: Don't get distracted now. Double down on the process, man. Work even harder because that means you actually can accomplish your goals now. You've answered the most important question. Is it possible? Hell yes, it is. It's possible. And that's what I think that's going to keep them from letting the success derail the mission. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
0: Just trust what we've been telling you, what we've been coaching you up to do. And then when you see the results, then you go, oh, what you're saying is meaningful, then it works. Yep. And so that's what I think has been significant there. But, Rod, I loved hearing what you were saying there. Uh, let's see what we got here by Mr. Delgado. Uh, Justin, while we're dropping off the uh, football talk back to recruiting for just a bit, best recruit for, well, this is – Different part of the state than you're in, buddy. Uh, you got any El Paso knowledge to share? Wow, of course. State to state, <laughs> oh,
1: man, <laughs> This is Texas. Come on, man. I, I do my best to Craig weigh this stuff.
0: You're vamping oh. right now, buddy. While you're thinking, and your your mental Rolodex is. Going I've to already fall got fall. it. It's, it's Dre
1: Jones. All right. Oh. Defensive tackle, Dre Jones, probably top three most talented defensive tackles Mac Brown ever recruited. Um, rest in peace. You know oh, he's no man. longer with us. That wow. kid was an absolute. You know he, him, and Robert Joseph made a really bad decision one day. If they don't make that decision, we may not, never see. We don't see Earl Thomas for another year or two. Robert Joseph was the starting safety, not Earl. And then and so he got thrown in there as a redshirt freshman. If y'all remember, Andre Jones, without a doubt, is the best from the El Paso region. You know, I, I'm you know since I've you know watched it because I've been in, in involved in recruiting since I was in high school. And, man, I got to tell you, Dre Jones, that dude should have been an absolute monster. It's crazy. He came in right when Texas had just won, and they were stacking talent. And he was one of those guys that that didn't. It was kind of a bust. And so everyone else, you just saw, like, Ben Alexander come out of of nowhere and become a guy. And Lamar Houston had to do some spinning and add some weight. It, it, as well, and so it, so many things transpired after that. El Paso, to me though, give me give me uh, Dre Jones, rest Dre in John. peace.
2: Nice,
0: yeah. good choice. Yeah. I was a, a sportscaster. My first job was in Midland, Odessa, so always the first uh, district game that Permian and Lee, even the Odessa Broncos would go play, would be like to the El Paso districts, and we always knew it'd be 56 nothing. Permian or Middle Lee or somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a given. So but we we had to cover them uh quite a bit there. We got another um uh, Thanks nice Keith. super Thanks, chat Keith. here. where's my glasses here? I need I'm gonna help you. What we got there? Uh he oh he loves Rod. Thanks tremendous Keith. analysis. He's there been count. breaking out the thesaurus. So <laughs> I, I, did shows I did shows
2: with Craig I did shows with Craig way for like 8 years so he's rubbed off on me. I've well, yeah. some craigway words. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, that's good. Well, we really appreciate the super chats. and just a reminder that's a, a shortcut for you to get your uh, comment uh selected. We have our producer Matthew behind the scenes there uh scrolling through and finding some things to uh to give to us. And uh you know positionless football. I really I hear the word edge. I know what a defensive end is. I remember what a linebacker used to be. Hey, Rod, you're a smart guy. You know football. Oh, yeah. So what's happening now with the Harold Perkins model, especially Micah Parsons, all this stuff, even the Bosa brothers, uh, Watt? So do we see Anthony Hill in that role, or is he going to take the step back and do that uh, traditional linebacker role? Because I'm seeing these contracts, these NFL guys are (laughs) signing, and it seems like they're more up closer to the line. So would he want to be in traditional linebacker if he uh, fits in that role? Because what is he, about 230? What's the hill these days? Anybody know? It's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure how big he is. How Justin, do you know how size
2: Anthony Hill is? Yes. 230.
1: He's, he's 6'3", 236. 236.
2: He carries it well. He carries yeah. it really well. Uh, I think he had 25 snaps in that game versus Georgia. and 22. Then a, 22? 22. They might have been the most impactful 22 snaps I've seen from a player. Every time he was out there, I mean, he he, he just jumped off. He just jumped off the screen. Uh, he really did. Uh, ended up with two sacks in that game. Uh, ended up with multiple pressures and run stops. He is he's a havoc minded player. He he's gonna make those splash plays on defense when he's out there. And I agree with you, Ray. I, I don't know if you were saying this or agreeing, but I think. He should be one of those guys. You move around the chessboard. Now, when he wants to get paid in the NFL, he's probably his age going to be saying, hey, man, he's an edge rusher. All right. He's, that's mm-hmm. what he is. he's on the edge. He's on the <laughs> edge because edge rushers, they get paid a lot more money. Michael Parsons understands that he's going to get paid a lot more money. But there's no doubt positionless football. And I, I said this like five, six years ago. Uh, and now I feel smart. But the positionless football is the future of football. It's just really tough for everybody to get there. Kyle Shanahan has basically made it his model, shout out to the Lifetime Longhorn, made it his offensive model there in San Francisco, right? Debo Samuel, Mm -hmm. he's got Kyle Juszczyk, he's got Kittle, now he's got Christian McCaffrey. All guys you can move around the chessboard, it just violates every rule that the defense has when you got guys that can play multiple positions. Now the Atlanta Falcons are doing that too. Uh defense, it is all Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's decided he, right. his model is positionless football. Started with Michael Parsons, but now he's got those safeties. J. Ron Kurz and Donovan Wilson. Uses we love
1: him seen. in Dallas. Yes. Oh, was he's
0: overshone. Overshone over-shown was the perfect guy yes. pick for Dan Quinn. <laughs> Boom! There you go. That's another one. So yeah, Dan Quinn wants to do
2: that. He's leading the way on defense in that category. But there's no doubt. I think PK. So PK is a football theorist, right? He's studying the game around him. You're starting to see more edge rushers like that be moved around uh, the front. I saw Miles Garrett playing off-ball linebacker this weekend. Mm -hmm. I saw Aiden Hutchinson playing uh, the basically over the B gap. Uh, and he's a defensive end. Obviously, Micah Parsons, we've seen him move inside and stunt and twist him uh, to the outside. I think it's just why why make it easy on the offense? You got these elite pass rushers. Why make it easy on them? Force them to play where's Waldo? Where the hell is the elite pass rusher? I don't know. Now we, we're going to slide protection that way? Or are we going to man this thing up? How are we going to do it? Are we Are going to chip them with the back, with the tight end? Like you have to force the, the, the offense to solve that problem. That's why I think you're starting to see them move some of those really – uh, you know, those hybrid pieces like Anthony Hill move them mm-hmm. around a little bit more
0: and they should. Hey, Justin, how do you compare Anthony's game to Colin Simmons different or yeah. somewhat similar?
1: uh No, they're they're there. I mean, there's, there's some similarities, but they're, they're yeah. different. They're different dudes. Colin is a different athlete. Colin. I've done this all night. Colin was a great basketball player. Played <laughs> at, he played at Duncanville. Up until his uh, sophomore year, he played. He played at Duncanville, and I don't know if you've ever seen Duncanville's basketball team. But if you can make Duncanville's basketball (laughs) team, that's impressive. I mean, the starting five all go D one. So no, but with Colin, I think he's kind of a more of a twitchy athlete. Whereas Mm -hmm. Anthony is more of your traditional linebacker. Like, understand Anthony's growth. You know, Anthony's father, Anthony Hill Sr., was a linebacker in college at Emporia State. When Anthony Hill Jr. was born, it was bestowed on him, you would be a linebacker. And he has been trained that way his whole life. Now, what you talk about getting on the edge, in the NFL, that's the number one thing is quarterback. The number two thing is getting him knocked down. And right. so him coming off the edge is going to just give so much versatility to this defense, especially with Ethan Burke's Berth, Ethan growth, especially with Baron Sorrell being more and more solid, more and more reliable, dependable. But – Colin's a better athlete, whereas Anthony's more of a downhill, old-style inside linebacker. He plays some will now, obviously, but what we've seen him do on the edge, it's obvious he's going to do more of that. They did it in the spring. They did it in, in the fall camp. We'll see more of that, but Colin's, more, Colin's a better athlete. Colin has more twitch to him. Um, Anthony's so much quieter, and Colin hmm. usually has a lot to say.
0: You'll, you'll know he's there. Hmm. And we could see the skill set from uh, Anthony the other night. He, he can do the old dip the shoulder thing and just take that right angle right to the quarterback. Ooh, he and can be you, you really think that that would be something that wouldn't be that hard to do, but it, obviously it's very difficult to do because not very many people are successful at it, but he can do that. And so he's that's he's doing disruptive. this at
1: 18 years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's 18. Incredible. It was. Uh, so that's uh, very encouraging. And uh, Burke just had another outstanding game against that level of competition now of course proctor i guess is probably who we faced and he's a, a young player but he was one of the top uh, recruits in the country last year right caden proctor mm-hmm. so uh, ethan showed up and he's I think he was an img school. kid yeah, he wasn't
1: kelvin banks and i think alabama was hoping he was
0: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're, we're we're happy to, to hear that uh, let me go, go ahead and, uh,
1: let me grab this question from roger real quick yeah, please he's just talking I'm about you too yeah, the headline to go through the visit. Uh, just real quick, Ryan Wingo, Ryan Wingo, Ryan mm-hmm. Wingo, mm-hmm. the top, t- the top priority target on the wide receiver big board out of, uh, you know, out of St. Louis, St. Louis University. Uh, he's going to be on campus catching up, caught up with him after the Texas Alabama game. Look, they, him and his family were watching it. His father's a big, big college football fan. He's had nothing but boys go play college football. It's something else in that family. Ryan's actually the baby. His older brothers all played college ball. Wow. <laughs>
0: you literally went to st louis and met him didn't you
1: yes i went and hung out with him and the coaches and his teammates for 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 a day and a half
0: just for everyone to get an idea of the commitment that inside texas has for this and i'm not a shill for them i'm just kind of a guy that helps out on the live stream stuff but i'm a member of inside texas and so i just want you to have an understanding of the commitment uh, that these guys uh, put in to go do this so it's not just a, a name on a Web screen. It's somebody you've met and talked to and have a perspective on.
1: I mean, it's all about relationships, right? And it's yeah. no different than if I, you know, if I was a, d- a recruiting director at a college, it's all about building relationships and, and finding common ground and and, and being positive and, and listening and, and being available and, and being helpful. Um, you're not going to learn anything. Listen, kids are all over social media. They live on it but there's still nothing like eye to eye. They -hmm. can text you. They could call you FaceTime, Snapchat, tweet, Instagram, Facebook. When they see your eyes, it's different. Hmm. They know you're there. You're present. You made that 10 hour drive to see them. They know that and they appreciate it. And then that's where you, you start to, 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 to work. and, And hopefully that, that you, Learn enough to, to write a good story. I love telling stories, you know, mm. telling these kids recruiting stories the the grow up, the glow up, everything they went through. I I tell this to people all the time. Every recruitment is different on oh, God. Every single recruitment I've ever seen is different. There's always some things that are similar and unique. But man, the stories are always great. And so Ryan Wingo is a great story. Ryan Wingo is a great kid. He's he's fun to talk to. His coaches are young and energetic and they're great and his dad Ronnie is some sort of awesome. He will <laughs> he, he always answers the phone. He always wants to talk and I'm <laughs> I'm so grateful for that. Right? And so Ron's a great kid. He'll be there uh Decorian Moore, one of the top receivers in the in the in this in the class for 2025. He's gonna be there present as well. A handful of the Texas commits. This list is growing, so please go to insidetexas.com and check out the latest. Taz Williams out of Red Oak, big time 2025 wide receiver has 44 offers. He's a Pittsburgh mm-hmm. native, but he, he moved to Red Oak a few years ago, and Red Oak is coming up. Cam Morgan Edge Texas offer Braden Robinson 2026 uh gadget back. Off Texas offer. They got some dudes coming as well. Um, you know, there's some maybes. A Colin Simmons maybe could be big. A Kobe mm-hmm. Black showing up is a maybe, could be big. Tyler Thomas, one of the top offensive tackles in the state for 2025 out of Dickinson. He's he's another one. And there's one more I'm gonna sneak in there for for for, for the Waco people. London Smith is coming on campus. He's a 2026 athlete. He is a tremendous wide receiver and defensive back. I think most schools are recruiting him at receiver right now. I believe he does work with margin hooks. who's one of the best when it comes to, to, to quarterback training and footwork. But Texas likes him at de- defensive back. Texas that's likes that's him at DB. Good. And it reminds me of Dwayne Keenan when he Ooh. recruited Curtis Brown. Hmm. Curtis was determined. Oh. I'm a wide receiver. I score touchdowns. That's what I do. G.J. Kenny was his quarterback. Jeff Traylor was his coach. I mean, there's David Snow was his was his center. But what he learned at the end of the day was, you know, with all those guys around him, with all that talent, he said, Kena said, would you rather be a good wide receiver in college or a good cornerback in the NFL? Mm -hmm. And Curtis. I know that answer. And it was done. And so that's that's kind of what you get in recruiting. That's what you get in these stories. That's what you get in this background, and that's what you're getting in this DBs that's going to be on campus. London Smith is a tremendous athlete, Waco University kid. Pay attention, he's a good one. Yeah,
2: I, I love that now you have to try to even Nick Saban dealt with this right with Trevon Diggs. He said when he switched Trevon Diggs to cornerback, he cried because he wanted to play wide receiver so yep. bad. Now he's yep. an all pro cornerback in the NFL. Justin, right. you find that guys want to play offense that bad where they, so they're so they so reluctant for, to make that switch, even when the coach is telling them, you're going to be a star on defense, man. You you got NFL skill set on defense. But, man, I like catching touchdowns.
1: Yes. Every kid in their heart wants <laughs> to play on offense. In yeah. their heart. Now, <laughs> they're all different. Some know the message, either from, from a father, a family member, coaches, usually coaches, and it's, hey, you know what? You may actually have a better future on this side. Some of them listen, but they all want to score. They, they all want to get in the end zone and, yeah. and they're so used to it because usually those type of talents play both ways in high school. If you're, if you're recruited by Texas, you generally can play hmm. both sides of the ball, especially a 4A and below level 5A and uh, 6A up, uh, you know, they, they, they trend not, they, they kind of go away from that, but Absolutely. They want to score touchdowns. That's what they – if you ask Texas commit Dangerfield native right now, Aaron Hampton, what do you want to do at Texas? He's going to say play wide receiver.
0: Yep.
1: He's going to tell you that right now. What's the position that probably puts him in the NFL and gives him the best future? Well, that's on the other side. That's safety. That's mm-hmm. nickel. Yeah. And Rod can be the first one to tell you there's a 100 wide receivers at these recruiting oh, camps. It's, it's a like, D position. There's like two corners. Agree. You know, yeah. There's two corners.
2: I think it's the deepest position in football at any level. Receivers. You just find good wide receivers all yeah. over the place, man. That's so quiet. Qual- Every high school in Central Texas got a good group of wide receivers. <laughs> it's just the whole that everywhere. Spirit.
1: <laughs> it's uh, Todd Dodge's thanks. fault, man. He started this yeah. mess. Somebody, <laughs>
0: thir- somebody more than 30 years ago started making defensive back kind of cool, and he's coaching at Colorado right now.
2: you damn right. Hey, that's why I wore 21, baby. There you <laughs> go. Like Dude, the,
1: uh- <laughs> prime is, is prime. He's always yeah. going to be prime. I was fortunate enough to meet Dion when I covered his camps. Did you really? He, 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 well, he coached at Trinity Catholic or whatever. At in Cedar Hill at right. yeah. And yeah. then he also – I guess people forget Prime prep. I know the kids that went yes. there don't. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I met him also when he did the Prime 21 camps. Always available, always nice. energetic, always with a message. Uh, Prime's going to do very, very yes. well in college. Nice.
0: nice to know that he's a nice guy. That is hey, amazing. I, I can think of two guys who actually might get a carrot thrown their way this weekend. So, Isaiah Nair, we hear the or see the comment there from. Texas fight. Of course, he's a transfer and then unfortunately had the the knee injury last year heading into the season. And so we hope to get a chance to see him. I'll let you guys talk about that. And then the kid who played scout team quarterback last week, I think Mr. Red might get a few carries too as a reward. So let's see what happens. What do you think about uh, Isaiah? Do you think we're going to get a chance if, if he's physically capable of getting out there and playing against his old teammates? Definitely.
2: Right, I mean, I, Jerry, man, Jerry Hamilton said, uh, yes. even a couple of weeks ago, he's guaranteeing a touchdown from Isaiah. Nayour. I think Sark <laughs> is cool like that. Yeah, I right? think Sark is cool like that, where he's you know talking to the wide receivers and they're probably really excited about because this is, this is this didn't happen when I was playing, like, you didn't get to play your old team because the transfer portal really wasn't that kind of a thing. So, you know, now it's probably more of a regular thing, but I think Sark, considering Isaiah, they went through the injury. Now he's playing his old team. If he's not going to have a play for him to score, he'll definitely have a a game-breaking play ready for Isaiah Nayor, just designed specifically for him. And I also think they'll have the Rice model, guys. I I, I think, Justin, that Sark wants to play Arch at one point in his game because he's not going to get a chance to play him in a lot of the conference games. He'd like to get him in there, which means I think they want to try to empty the, the roster a little bit like they did versus Rice and have a lot of guys play.
1: No question. I, no question. I'm not That's following not up with that. No, no. Let's we, we get <laughs> That's in like following that. Chappelle. I'm just going to wait yeah. for the next <laughs>
0: one. Hey, uh, Matthew, it's okay to go ahead and put Emmanuel's comment up if you want to. Uh, this is something that perhaps uh, our former defensive back can, can look at and also a man who's familiar with uh, Derek Williams, the five-star out of Louisiana. Uh, what do we think moving forward? Uh, we're gonna That's lose some great. safeties due to graduation and maybe uh NFL. So, what what are we thinking about safety wise next year? And does Derek Williams yes. maybe uh play into that?
2: Uh, and Derek Williams, uh, I believe got a little playing time in the rice sure. game, right? He's I the saw second series,
0: playing. he was on the field.
2: Yeah, they played him pretty early in that rice game. They said, I've my man Michael Griffin claims that Derek Williams is gonna end up as one of the Greatest DBs in the history of DBU, and he's 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 pounding on the table about that. He's a he's a legendary lifetime low court, so if he's saying he's gonna end up he's got that kind of dog in him and that kind of upside, I'm gonna trust him. Uh, so I I definitely think he'll be one of those guys that's you know, if if we if that position is available, he'll be one of those guys to fill that board. He's one of those, no question.
1: Thing about Derrick Williams, it's not dog, it ain't dog, it's Jurassic. Because they call him the Raptor.
2: I like it. Nice.
1: This is the Raptor. This is a new Iberia cat. I don't know if you know about them South Louisiana dudes. Oh, man. My mom and daddy
2: are from Louisiana. I'm Swamp People, second generation, baby. I know, (laughs) but
1: I know. And let me tell you about Derek Williams. Here's the good, best thing about Derek Williams outside off the field. I met Derek last year at a camp at the University of Houston. He came in with his teammates and some other players from that area. They they drove in. I, th- I want to say they said it was an eight or nine hour drive, in in into Houston. Derek's just sitting on the side. He's not working out. And I, so I go over to him and, and and I start to talk to him. I said, "What are you doing here? I mean, this is a this is a, a satellite camp. You got all these college coaches. There were fifty college coaches there, two hundred and fifty recruits." Yeah. I said, "Are you not going to you know work out or anything?" He said, "No, I'm just here to support my guys." And I was like, "That's a nine hour drive one way and, and, and wow. back." He goes. Yeah, but these are my guys. To me, that spoke volumes. And this was way before he committed to Texas. I thought he was an LSU guy like every other talented kid in Louisiana for the last 30 or 40 years. I mean, that's reinforced. I thought he was going to be an LSU cat like the rest of them. No, Texas made a great great, uh, relationship there. Terry Joseph was big. Derek Williams Mm -hmm. is going to probably start next year. He's – He's gonna play enough this year because I think what we saw, I was surprised how much Keaton Crawford played against Alabama. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's a conversation because Keaton is in a position where he's getting NFL looks and he still has time. He doesn't have to leave. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's gonna be interesting. Like what kind of transpires there? But to me, Derek Williams is the future back there. He's gonna get his four games and they're gonna, you know, he'll play on some special teams, but listen, he's the raptor. That dude is prehistoric <laughs> and medieval. And uh, I, I'm curious. I, I'm, I'm eager to watch him play. And everybody's going to ask who's on the other side. Don't be surprised if they hit the portal. Don't be surprised. Uh, some of those other safeties are young. And I think they might want someone as experienced back there. They got Jaron Thompson and Jalen Catalan back there right now. That's essentially yeah. two quarterbacks playing defense.
2: And they Barron's a veteran, too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So now now and listen, Michael Taft might be one of the smartest kids in the program. He can can play three or four of those spots back there. And so that's going to be the big question. Who's going to play beside Derek? I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see a a portal guy, someone with experience.
0: Hey, we're more than an hour into the, the conversation. You're watching the Longhorn live stream. My name's Ray Peters, kind of moderating a great conversation with Rod Babers and Justin Wells. And I noticed that we kind of labeled the conversation about uh, Quinn Ewers as the first name on there. We really haven't talked about the guy now. I know every national analyst and commentator on college football has talked about uh, Quinn and his incredible performance against Alabama. So let's take a couple of moments to, to speak about what we can expect. What's his follow-up going to be? Does, what do we think that he might do, the approach for Wyoming? Are we going to... Even without, I don't know what Baxter's status is. So are we going to try to establish the run? We know Wyoming can be pretty spicy that way. I think we've heard passing against them is probably the best approach. So that might be, you know, some more Quinn, Quinn, Quinn. So, Rod, what do we think we can see uh, from number three Saturday night? Um, you know, he it's,
2: it's crazy to think coming off that Alabama game that – and I don't want to jinx him, so I'm not, but I looked at the mm-hmm. Heisman odds um, earlier today, and I think he had the second – Best Heisman odds behind Caleb Williams. He was tied with the uh, Florida State quarterback, is Jordan Travis his name? Uh, So he, but he, it's crazy. I always say to win the Heisman, you have to have the Heisman moment that everybody remembers and everybody sees, right? Everybody's like, oh man, that's the moment that I, you know, have would have crowned him best college football player in the country. He was playing like that at that moment. Mm -hmm. Quinn has had a Heisman moment. Already like that was the Bama game was a Heisman moment because he played a you know a great game, it was probably the best game we've ever seen from Quinn Ewers. And I think from now on, and Jerry, my man Jerry Hamilton made a good point. You know, that was his 12th game, actually. Uh starting at Texas. If you you know obviously take the injuries out of it, just take the games that he started. That was his 12th. So now he's got a season under his belt, and maybe we're just watching the maturity of a young quarterback who's finally comfortable in the system who's finally got a whole season of football under his belt and some reps. In that sense, he knows the personnel really well. And I saw confidence start to grow. Um, and it, it he exuded confidence. There, are Sometimes people think that he's a little lackadaisical and uh, they'd like to see him a little bit more spirited. I saw someone that was ready to lead in that Bama game. Yeah. Um, I really did. And one thing that I say about him as a, as a quarterback, uh, 2.1 seconds where's his average time to throw in that Bama game. He is at his best when Sark game plans to get him in a groove and get him in a rhythm. That's what Sark did in that game. He didn't take his first deep shot until the second quarter, and when he saw what he wanted to exploit, he kept going after it. But at first he got he got Quinn in a groove. He got him in a rhythm first. He got him confident. I think if we do follow that recipe with Quinn, I think Texas will be fine because that's the Quinn that will get one who's already, you know, confident and one, like I said, who's in a groove in a rhythm when you start, you know, start off throwing deep balls early on and he's not in that rhythm. I think you might get some of the old habits uh, and some of that old Quinn yours to come pop up. But right now I think he looked phenomenal. I think he's in the Heisman conversation.
1: The, the beauty also too about Quinn, this was my, my favorite takeaway from it. I've known this kid for seven years. And I've been telling people forever that this is what he can do. Hmm. And by God, he finally (laughs) did it. I can't tell you how much I have written about Quinn Ewers over the (laughs) years, about the potential, about the arm. When Todd Dodge told me he can touch every blade of grass on the field with his arm, it was known. Raleigh Dodge cultivated this kid and, and, and helped him grow into what he was, you know why people think he's made that lackadaisical type? He's an introvert. This kid is a bass fisherman and a hunter and loves his truck and his family and his football. He is simple. He is not a boisterous type guy. At South Lake, growing up, he was never like that. He led by example a lot of the times. and mm-hmm. And he had that swagger about him. What I have written for years about Quinn Ewers finally came to fruition mm-hmm. in Tuscaloosa. I can't – that to me is just sweetness. That's joy because yeah. people thought it was ridiculous that, oh, I, I said he was going to get drafted in the first round. Well, he was mocked to a, a half of them, and I guess you haven't seen the talent. It's there, but he needed to put it together. Rod made a good point. Sark and him have, a, have this simpatico kind of thing going lately. Yeah. We saw some of it in the Washington game yep. in, 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 when they kind of went more spread. They went more four wide. Yep. They kind of let him do more what he wanted to do. Sark is has been a big help, I think, to Quinn. Quinn's obviously devoted to what he did, but I was just at the end of the game. I thought, okay, that justifies what I've been seeing, <laughs> what I've been saying. Mm-hmm. All those trips, all that content, Quinn Ewers is the guy I thought he
0: was. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: that feels good. Yeah. That's yeah. Sweet,
0: man. I really like the kid. and He literally could not have a better quarterback situ- uh, coaching situation than with Steve Sarkeesian yeah. and uh, A.J. Milwey guiding him. So he's um, – Milwey so on the field is bigger than people think. I'm telling right? you. I'm Great telling point,
2: you. Justin. Great point, bro. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, yeah. his his okay. body language on the sideline, his disposition on the sideline. He looked at times last season like he felt alone. It looked like at least the optics of it like yeah. he was alone. Now on the sideline, I never see him alone. He's always with teammates. He's always talking to Milwey. I don't want to see him alone on the phone after a tough drive. I want to see him supported by coaches, getting counsel, getting, you know, by players. And that's what I see now. The optics just seem better, it, even though it may, it may, it may not be that much difference, but I'm glad you said that is a huge difference and we're not really able to quantify.
0: It. He went into that game with a chip on his shoulder because I, uh, I wanted to mention it last week when I was on with Rod and, and Jerry on that Wednesday night, Justin, you were up at the Xena uh, commitment uh, ceremony, but I watched his, news conference the interviews he was just po'd that entire sit-down conversation because he'd heard enough of the rice criticisms and he was getting those same questions if you go back and look at that from a week ago he was just mad hmm. and so it was kind of like if, if you watch rocky 3 when rocky's in with clubber lang and you see uh, apollo creed was in the corner with uh paulie and then apollo "Oh man he's getting killed and Polly goes, he's not getting killed. He's getting mad. So <laughs> that was what was going on with, with Quinn Ewers. He was getting mad, and he got he he, he had enough. That and he good. had his natural five-star perfect rating talents on the field with Steve Sarkeesian's uh, <laughs> play calling and getting folks open like crazy. They still haven't covered Jatavian Sanders. He's oh, running, He's still he's not running wide open to Brian Denny. Who's there going home from uh, Tuscaloosa, and he's still on the field. I was going to
2: I made a prediction at the beginning of the season that he would break all of the tight end records in Texas. He would leave as the most statistically prolific tight end in Texas football history. I think he's on his way. I think he's yeah. on his way.
1: You better <laughs> enjoy him because I think he's going in the second round in April.
2: Oh, I agree. That's why, yeah. He, he better break them this year. That's why I made the prediction. <laughs> there
0: you go. Hey, gentlemen, oh, I, I really appreciate it. We've been going on for about an hour and 10 and we're, uh, we started a little bit late. Sorry about that, but we're in that middle part of the eight o'clock hour. So uh, we'll probably uh, wrap it up here. Anything else you'd like to add before we uh, say good night? I've enjoyed uh, yeah. it. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it you
1: guys, man. I appreciate Ray, you doing this right. Always nothing but love. I enjoyed it guys.
0: I hate to yeah. tell you, Justin, but I think that Mr. Burton uh, wants me doing this uh, every Wednesday moving forward. You okay with that?
1: Hey, and do- he hey Rubble. And Rubble. Rubble,
0: what's up, buddy? Are you okay with that? You cool uh, yeah. with that?
1: Okay. My
2: wife would love to see Rubble. Rubble's
1: yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Hey, a, yeah. if you ever wonder about a player, if he got that dog in
0: him. we got that got dog That dog. In him. <laughs> that dog. <laughs> there you go. I like hearing that. Hey, oh, fellas, man. we really appreciate it. So, uh matthew you're the guy who knows how to turn out the light so i uh, hope you'll uh, take care of us here in, in a few moments but uh this has been the uh, longhorn live stream on texas football uh representing uh inside texas hopefully well for uh, mr Nileen and mr burton and mr hamilton and all the other folks on the crew over there we uh, love our, our longhorn football and uh talking about it so uh some people get paid to do this for a living and they're the lucky ones. And so uh, we're very fortunate to get to uh, chat about Amen. the thing we love, uh, which is uh, longhorn football and uh, how uh, longhorn football gets to be longhorn football. So uh, we're very uh, proud of the horns and that uh great effort uh, the other night in Tuscaloosa and that's a move onward and upward. So we're, we're happy to see some good, more positive things happen in 2023. So that'll do it for this edition of the longhorn live stream. Again, my name is Ray Peters for Rod Babers and, Justin Wells, you folks uh, have a good night and uh, watch us uh, with uh, coffee and football in the morning. Good night.
2: Welcome.